The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Law acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to their elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome back to Brand New Little People. I'm Dr. Fallon Cook and I'm here with Dr. Laura Conway. We are both sleep practitioners and PhDs um, and we run Infant Sleep Australia. We've also recently released the Sombell um, Baby Sleep Programs as well. Um, you might be one of our very new listeners. Um, we've had a whole lot of new families join up um, to Sombell, but particularly it seems like um, the Sombell for zero to three months of age. So we've probably got a lot of brand new parents listening in, which is really, really lovely. We had some questions come in as well about cot settling for really, really tiny little babies. Um, and Laura, I wondered with your babies, when they were really, really tiny, what sort of strategies did you use to help settle them for sleep in their cot? Oh, they were both quite different because one of them um, had reflux and uh, the other one didn't. So um, the naught ah. to three month stage was um, looked very different for each of my babies. Um, but thinking about the one who didn't have reflux, um, uh, she needed lots and lots and lots of cuddles and um, support um, to calm down because even now she's still quite a um uh highly agitated individual <laughs> and she was that from the get-go when she came out um and um mm. she used to um yeah take a, a a lot of work to calm um down in my arms and i used to have to um uh, she was the kind of baby that needed to go in the pram and be walked over cobbles <laughs> You know, that uh, really yep. high, high, highly sensitive, um, needing a lot of support. Um, but there was a fail safe way to um, to really calm her when she was um, wasn't screaming and um, had calmed <laughs> to um, a reasonable level, um, stroking her forehead, just going like very, very lightly yeah. with my um, the tips of my fingers just going across her forehead from like one um side to the other just rhythmically and gently just she just couldn't resist she could not resist so i'd start to do that in my arms first and then i'd pop her down in the bassinet and carry on doing it as she lay in her bassinet and um she just loved it and then would slowly drift off to sleep whilst i did that beautiful yeah oh that's lovely Yeah, mine was suckers for a good forehead stroke. They just loved it. And I used to use it as my, if I wasn't sure if they were quite tired enough for sleep, if I just ran one finger from like the middle of their forehead, right up at their hairline, right down the center of their forehead to the tip of the nose in one long line. If I did that a few times and their eyes were, you know, wide open and looking around, they were not tired enough. But if they were at all tired, they could not keep their eyes open. If I did that, you'd see them do like a really slow blink and then they might sort of (laughs) suddenly pep up. But if I kept going with that, um, they would always just start to get really drowsy and then close their eyes. So I did a lot of that in the cot, um, just that forward stroke 
really, they just absolutely loved it. Um, but I think too, you know, babies are different. So some of them love the forward stroke. Some of them absolutely love a pat, like a heartbeat rhythm pat reminds them of being in the womb because you've got to remember most of them are born head down. So their bottoms are right up near your heart. And there's been some awesome footage from MRIs actually showing how much babies are sort of jiggled by their mother's heartbeat when they're in utero. Mm. And that's why when they come out, they generally like to have a bit of a pat on the bum. Um, They find that really calming. So patting can work really well. And a lot of parents we work with put a hand on their baby in the cot or the bassinet and just do a really gentle jiggle side to Mm. side because that kind of mimics you walking around when they were in in the womb um, Mm. and you were walking around. They were getting a little bit of that jiggling motion. Um, So any one of those things, that's where it's good to experiment, I think. Um, yeah and like and you're saying it, it depends so much on temperament doesn't it like <laughs> yeah. some babies are so reactive and they need so much support and others it's just a few little forward strokes and they're like yep I'm good thanks mum <laughs> yeah. ready to go yeah that's right my um, my other um child when he was a baby and when he wasn't in pain with his um reflux um he was a um he could be a little bit easier to settle once we'd got the pain under control um he didn't need quite the same level of um calming (laughs) that his older sister did um and Mm. yeah just very very different very different and I thought that I knew what I was doing after the first one and then the second one came and he was an entirely different kettle of fish uh and I that's I think often what we see in our clinic, isn't it, with families coming to us mm. um, and they feel that, you know, they might even have had two or three children and they come to us with child number four who's got a totally different temperament. Yeah. And, um, and the old tricks just don't work. Mm, yeah. Mm. So that experimentation and working out what's going to work for that particular baby in front of you um, is really important. And when they're so little, mm. Fallon, just... You know, in those first three months, um, they're just so teeny and they need and it's just necessary to give them a lot of cuddles and Mm. holding them a lot. And we don't need to be really worried about um, habit forming um, at this age, do we? Um, But there's still it's still perfectly reasonable to um, to pop them down in their um, bassinet or cot. Um, you're not doing anything wrong Um, and just giving them support when you choose to do that is really important yeah and it's the case that you know babies get used to what they're supported through so Mm. you know they're not going to just some of them will just fall asleep in their cot or bassinet and they're really happy to do it and it's really just never a big deal um and others parent other times parents are really desperate to get them falling asleep in the cot because they've got to go and sort out older children or they're running around after toddlers or they're just plain exhausted Mm. so they're really wanting their baby to fall asleep in their cot um and yeah really important to keep in mind that different babies are going to need different levels of support to adjust to that Um, and some of them will just need a lot of practice and a lot of support Mm. through that um you know and you'll hear a lot of people say too that they, they only get used to what they're exposed to. So if you never put them down in the cot, then on the rare occasion that you do, they're probably not going to be happy about it and they're probably going to wonder where on earth they are. Yeah. So if you make that decision to really work on cot settling, just know that it's really normal for it to take some practice. And sometimes you might 
have a go at settling them in their cot and then just go, nah, this is not working today. They're too upset. It isn't the right time. That's not failing. That's just, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, I've tried it and I failed. No, you didn't. You didn't (laughs) at all. You've done a bit of practice. You know, you had a bit of a go and you've recognized that enough was enough and you needed to try something different. And that's completely fine. In those first few months when they're really tiny, you might try out various different things. And that's how you learn. That's how you learn what sort of baby you've got and what they like and what they don't like um, and that sort of thing. You know, um, a few parents have reached out and said one thing they really, really loved about the the Sombell program for the zero to three-month-olds was this sort of example we give of the nappy change when babies are first born. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, to explain this to the, our listeners, when babies are first born, often they hate nappy changes. Yes. Like it must just feel revolting to them because they've yep. been all lovely and warm and then all of a sudden, you know, they're bearing all, they've got cold nappy wipes on their bits. It probably feels just all wrong and weird and yep. and not very comfortable at all. So most babies for the first week or so, maybe longer, maybe less, they'll really cry hard during nappy changes because they really, really dislike it. Mm. The thing with that is that you don't say, oh, they don't like it, so we're not going to do it anymore. We'll just (laughs) avoid that altogether (laughs) because obviously you have to change their nappy. So there are going to be some things where they do react really strongly and they really don't like it. Um, And our job is not to say, well, we're never doing that again. Our (laughs) job as parents is to say, well, I'm going to give you a lot of support and a lot of reassurance while you adjust to this thing that's that's necessary for your well-being. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really important to keep in mind. There are going to be some things that you do want to push on with, like the nappy changes. You have to do them and you've just got to give them a lot of support while they become a bit more familiar with that process. Um, and similarly, if you're trying to work on your baby falling asleep in their cot, you've decided that's really important to you and something you want to work on. There are going to be times when they get really upset about it because they're just mm. like, what am I doing here? I don't like this at all. Um, and your role as a parent is just to give them a lot of support and help them with that. It's not to never put them in the cot ever again <laughs> because I tried that once and they didn't like it. <laughs> it's to keep persisting with it, but you might persist for like five minutes at a time or 10 minutes at a time, give them lots of support. Maybe they don't go to sleep, but it's a little bit of practice. And every time they experience that and see you being very calm and, and see that you're you're not getting worked up and you're just staying calm and present and helping them um, work through their big feelings feelings they're getting that little bit closer to being okay with that and eventually they'll be like yeah the cot's the cot's great (laughs) I love it (laughs) yeah and just um going back a little bit to that um the nappy changing analogy that you're using there Fallon um what we would do as parents is um when we're helping our teeny little babies get used to having their nappy change we wouldn't be changing their nappy outside in the back garden with the wind (laughs) wind and the rain yeah. coming down um we look at making sure that the nappy change environment is nice and calming and that mm. um the room is um a relatively nice temperature where you're changing your baby's nappy and you would mm. have all your nappy and your wipes and your cream right there nice and handy so that you can try and do it as quickly as possible and you're not leaving your baby lying on the change mat um, with their legs kicking around for too long um, whilst you're trying to find mm. a, um, a spare nappy. And um, it's similar to that when you're thinking about giving your baby those opportunities to have the settles in the cot. 
Um, so you want the room yeah. to be dark. You want it to be calm. You want there to be, if you're using white noise or pink noise or brown noise or whatever the noise is, you want that playing. Um, you want it to smell nice. Um, you know, the cot sheet smelling of your perfume or your deodorant, for example. Um, and mm. um, you don't want to be trying to settle them for the first time in their bassinet bassinet out in the um in the lounge room with um lots of family members running around well toddlers i'm thinking i suppose that granny and granddad won't be running around <laughs> um, but you just want to <laughs> yeah. try and have that nice environment when you're attempting yeah. to um, give them that really supports them Mm. Yeah, and that helps them downregulate. You reminded me of something. Some of my first nappy changes I do with my babies, I actually had them still wrapped. So I just unwrapped the, the leg part and I'd still have their arms swaddled mm. in the, the wrap. And that was a really good way of just helping them to stay calm and regulated. They love that feeling of containment. So, um, you know, it was easy to do that. Other things you can do is just having your partner or another support person come over and just rest their hand on your baby's chest while you're changing their nappy. Or it might be that they hold both of their hands. Um, your baby's like that feeling of containment and to hold on to something. Mm. And, of course, put the mobile over the the change mat, not the mm. cot. I think we just did a social media thing about that the yes. other day. Um, you want them distracted when you're changing their nappy and giving them something interesting to look at can be helpful. Maybe not so much for the tiny newborns, but as they get bigger, they're a bit more interested in these things. Um, so, yeah, that could be a good spot to put your mm. mobile um, to keep them busy and distracted. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, this whole idea of, you know, giving them lots of support as they get used to new things. Um and new changes in their lives. I was reading over the weekend about um, this German approach. I'm probably going to pronounce this terribly, so I'm, <laughs> I apologise if anyone listening speaks German. <laughs> but as far as I can tell, it's called Eingewöhnung. Eingewöhnung. I hope I'm saying that okay. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> help at all. I never took German as a, um, as a subject at school. I was always French and Spanish <laughs> oh. was mine. <laughs> I've got a lot of German friends who I have visited in Germany, that, and I hope they don't hear it. <laughs> They'll be very embarrassed on my part. Anyway, um, you know, this is, it's this beautiful process they use in Germany for babies and toddlers and preschoolers who are starting at childcare or with new caregivers. Um, you know, it could be kindergarten as well. Um, and they just provide this really lovely, sensible structure to help these little people make this big adjustment. And I thought it's so interesting because it's so similar to a lot of what we do in helping babies and toddlers with sleep difficulties or settling difficulties. Um, but it's the same sort of thing, you know, thought process we go through, but applied to a different aspect of parenting and, and um, child development, I suppose. So essentially what they do is when they want to introduce a baby or a toddler to a new caregiver or a childcare centre, um, they basically spend three days where the parent or a caregiver goes with the baby and stays with them the whole time. So usually it's a visit that's like an hour to an hour and a half and there's no pressure put on that child whatsoever. The parent stays. They don't threaten to leave at all. They just stay with them. They engage with the activities that are going on in the centre and it's a chance for the parents and the care, new caregiver to really talk about you know, the unique child and share that information about how they are. So after about three or four days of parents just staying there for, you know, throughout this period of time, on around about that fourth day, the parent makes an attempt at trying to leave the room. 
Mm -hmm. um, for up to 30 minutes at a time. And how they go with this really depends on how the child reacts. So this is what I love. They're like looking to the child to work out, do we keep going? Do we need to take a step back? Mm. So essentially um, what they're looking for is that they know that all, all babies or toddlers will have a cry when their parent mm. says goodbye and leaves. So there's no sneaking out. You're saying goodbye to the child and they know what's happening. So most children will you know, have a bit of a cry and be a bit upset. And they're not so worried about that. What they're looking for is does that child very quickly turn to their new caregiver or, or childcare um, educator or teacher mm for that comfort. So if that child is quickly calmed down and turns towards that other caregiver for a little bit of a cuddle or some mm -hmm. support and then they're quite calm, then they continue on with that process of the parent over the next few days or so leaving the room for up to 30 minutes. They're still in the centre and they can come back in when they need to. Mm -hmm. um, but they're giving that child a chance to really develop their relationship with their new caregiver in a pretty well-supported, gradual way. Mm -hmm. If that child cries the entire 30 minutes that their parent is gone, um, just cannot be settled by the new caregiver, then they go back to that first step where the parent just stays in the room for you know three or four days. So mm -hmm. they give that child more opportunity to try and develop that new relationship but still with the support of their sort of parent or primary caregiver um so they kind of keep working on this process so you can imagine for some little people one or two days and they're like i'm fine <laughs> see you later <laughs> mum or dad <laughs> you know i'm i'm loving this environment i love my new caregiver they just they're the resilient ones that are just they're really happy and yeah. not at all bothered by it so you can move quite quickly with those ones so one or two days in the parents can just drop their kids off and go and it's all fine. But then other children are really, really sensitive and take a long time to mm. get used to a new caregiver. And they were saying in some cases that whole process might take eight weeks, mm. but they just let, they just go at the child's pace. They're not mm -hmm. trying to force it. And I love this idea because I know that with my own children, I, I kept being told by um, people, you know, just drop them off and disappear really quickly. Like don't hang around because you'll make it worse. And then I thought, I don't actually agree with that thinking. I think what's happened is some children are really resilient and their parents can drop off and just leave and their mm -hmm. children are happy and fine. But that doesn't mean that dropping them off quickly and leaving is going to result in a happy and fine child. Mm. It's just that we're seeing those really resilient kids and thinking, well, that must be the best way to do it. And mm. I don't think that's right. I know that my kids were pretty sensitive, not overly, but they needed someone there to help them warm up to the room. So if mm -hmm. I tried to leave quickly, they'd be really upset. But if I just hung out and read a book with them for 10 minutes or so, they would then start to get up off my lap and go and wander around the room. And mm -hmm. at that point I could say goodbye and they were mm -hmm. really happy for me to leave and it was fine. Um, and I think it's just so important to think about the individual child in front of you. How did yours yep. go with things like childcare drop-offs, Laura? Oh, yeah, mine... <laughs> Again, very different. <laughs> I hope I'm not re-triggering some trauma for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a it was a relatively drawn out orientation process for the first um, my first one, um, and much quicker mm. for the second one. In some ways, I feel like for the second one, he had his sister there as well, which really helped. It helps. Um, but we. Um, yeah, it was a lovely childcare centre we went to, um, and we did end up doing something probably not too dissimilar to what the um, what you're describing that the um, that, that mm. German system uses, um, where 
yeah, I used to have to go in and, um, yeah, for the first probably two weeks, if not three weeks, I had to stay with her um, and, mm. you know, just an hour or so at first and that was enough and then we just slowly increased the amount of time that I was with her and then I started to leave. Um, and um, in the end, she absolutely loved it. Um, but I had the um, the luxury of being able to do that because I had I think I had her mm. starting at the beginning of January and I wasn't due back to work until the start of February so I had yeah, about a month so you had a bit of time yeah but I think also I knew at that point that she was quite a sensitive um little person yeah and I spoke with the childcare center about having that um long lead in time with her so um I think mm. for parents listening if you do have a child that um, seems to be a little bit more sensitive and you know about it don't you if they are mm. if they are sensitive oh, parents know yeah. yeah then um and you're thinking that you're going to need to be um switching child um uh caregivers or you know starting them at a daycare center to think about um whether you need a longer lead in time before you um go back to work just to help them adjust mm. yeah and if you don't have that long lead in time even just making it that you arrive to drop them off 20 or 30 minutes before you actually need to go to work so that you've got that bit of time to hang around with them because they're looking at you. If they're finding this environment really overwhelming and kind of strange and, you know, they're a little bit unsure about it and you're sitting there chilled out, flicking through some books, maybe you're singing along with a song that the educator's singing or, you know, they're really looking at you and going, well, mom or dad is completely fine with this. It must be okay. And, you know, leading by example, I think is, you know, so important because babies and toddlers really do pay a lot of attention to how we are, how we are, you know, like yes. how we're reacting and how we're responding to things. So you've got that, that opportunity then to, to sort of set an example. Um, so, yeah, I think we're thinking about this process. I'm going to try and say it again. Eingewöhnung. <laughs> I hope I've got that well right. Done. I want somebody who speaks German to tell us in the comments of this show if I'm anywhere near close to it. <laughs> and to write it out phonetically but, um, for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was thinking about this process. It really is so similar to how we think about um, babies and toddlers who are trying to get used to falling asleep in their cot. You're going to have some babies and toddlers who it takes one or two settles with you there giving them lots of support and then they're just completely fine. Or for some families, they'll say, I didn't even need to stay in the room. They were just like, righto, this yeah. is where I sleep now. I'm all good. See you later. I'm going to go and have a rest. Yeah. And, oh, you're lucky if you got one of those. <laughs> yeah. So some of them are really resilient and they can just adjust really quickly. Others do need weeks of you being there with them, supporting them, um, you know, lots of hands-on support, lots of responsiveness. And, you know, a lot of the work we do is in building out a bit of a plan for how you're going to very gradually stop doing some things to f help them fall asleep and maybe start doing others as well. Um, you know, sometimes they just need that. And that's what I think. I think that's actually the root of so much of the contention around baby sleep that we see on the internet mm. is a lot of people are saying, you can't do this with babies. You can't do that with babies. And look, there are some people out there who are saying there's this one approach, apply it to every single baby. It works. You know, this is the one way of doing it. But I think most sensible practitioners and parents know 
that there are multiple ways <laughs> to work on sleep and to help a baby yeah. adjust to, to cot settling. And we can absolutely tailor it more to the child and their temperament and, and their needs. And I think, Laura, that when disaster happens is when you, we've got the wrong approaches being applied to a baby or to a parent. Um, you know, if you're mm. a good example of this is if you've got one of those really resilient kids who just, you know, would adapt really quickly um, to something like settling in a cot, but you are using a really, really gradual approach, sometimes they get really mm-hmm. frustrated and actually kind of annoyed at the slow pace of that gradual approach. Um, and so you get more crying because it is going so slow and so gradual and they'll cope better with one big, well-supported change. And then, of course, you've got mm. really sensitive babies um, where if a parent has applied an approach that, you know, very quickly the parent's leaving the room for long periods of time um, and the baby is a very sensitive baby, that's also going to be a disaster. They could be very upset for a very long time um, because yeah. they just simply need more support than that. So I yeah. think, um, you know, that's why we have to really stop judging other parents for the choices they make around how they settle their babies because no one knows their baby like the parent does. The parents. Yeah, no, so true. I'm um, just giggling a little bit as you're talking about those very resilient babies who are just like, that's enough, mum. That's yeah. enough, dad. Like, <laughs> let me go to sleep. And, you know, we yes. speak to parents who say that their um, older babies and toddlers are pushing their parents' hand away. And, yes. But and and turning turning away from or arching their dad. back because they and just want to get out of your arms and yeah, like put me down yes. please. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, for them we can go we can go a bit faster uh, because yeah. that's what they that's their temperament and that's what they want and actually your presence mm. is um, impeding their ability to go to sleep. Um, yeah, but yep. then you know there's other other families who have you know perhaps they have had. Um, one or two babies before this one or this is their first baby and their sister tells them that this um, approach where you just pop them down and just leave the room um, worked brilliantly for them (laughs) but they've got a really really sensitive soul for their baby and um, it's absolute recipe for disaster and add in a parent who has um, a really low tolerance um, or, you know, inability to um, listen to um, any crying. I'm not saying that as, as, as a bad thing, but, you know, some people mm. can listen to their babies cry. Sensitive. And it's, yeah, yeah, some people are particularly sensitive to it. And there is some lovely research um, about um, parents' tolerance to crying. Um, but, yeah, if you add in a, fam- a family member who is really very, very sensitive to crying, um you just it's uh, everyone is in a really awful spot and it's just not the right approach to take so um yeah yeah, i think with sombell um if you are um starting to go through sombell and thinking about um starting to do cot settling um have a read through all the different approaches and the different um Mm. adjustments that you can make and think about what you're going to be able to manage, what time frame you're thinking of, what your baby is like, um, and yeah. then try and find the approach that really gels with both you and your baby. Yes, and don't rush it. I think really, you know, read through everything and think through everything. You know, 
I think that's what I'm actually most proud of with some Val Laura was that when we thought about creating it, we were really reluctant for a long time because we were like, how do we do this without it just being here's an approach, you know, for everybody, which we hate. Like mm. we wanted yeah. to find a way to do it that would like we could sort of download our brains and that thought process <laughs> we go through in a in an appointment with a family where we're talking through, we're asking all these questions. I think sometimes parents probably think, why are they asking me about how, you know how they react when we do this or that? But, you know, we're listening and we're making those decisions, um, learning more about a baby and figuring out what approach is definitely not going to work for this child and which approaches will. And what we do yeah. in Sunbell is trying to create that decision-making tree so parents can read through. Because I think the most powerful thing we can do for parents is to give them the tools to understand their baby better. It's not for us to just say, mm. here, do this. It's mm. these are the things you, you can look out for that are really going to help you understand your baby better. And it will impact not just their sleep, but so many different aspects of parenting as well. Yeah. Um, and I love that we're able to give parents like some really great um, decision making tools um, so that, mm. yeah, there are families out there. And we, we get that feedback all the time. Parents saying, oh, I, I get it now. I've come up with this approach. And, you know, they love that flexibility of some bell that there's multiple things to try and if they try something and it doesn't work there's a whole bunch of other things you can still try you're not left hanging yeah um there's yeah. always a way forward um yeah yeah so look maybe we wrap up this week's episode now i've loved this chat and i love learning about how other cultures do things i think there's so much to be learned um but especially from that Eingenwohnung, hopefully. I think I'm getting better at it. I just need to practice it a few times. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for listening in. And if you are struggling with your baby's sleep or settling and you want to have, you know, a whole suite of really flexible approaches where you can genuinely modify things to find the right fit for your child, um, absolutely look at Sombell um, and welcome again to all the new families who have joined up recently. We're thrilled to have you here. Um, keep the questions coming in because we love to hear them and yeah, we love to answer them. Lovely. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged zero to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and soak in your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.